This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 4 on our new home, HeadGum. This is We'll See You in Hell. My name is Patrick Walsh of the Missouri Walshes, and now, on with the show, and on with the Joe! (laughs) Pat, how are you, Pat? I'm fine. Spirited intro from you tonight. Walked over here, got my got my exercise, two three miles. Nice, it's a beautiful evening here in Los Angeles. Didn't even have to remove my jacket. It crisp. is, a, it's crisp. Yes, it is a gorgeous meeting. That cold air hits you like biting into an apple. It's like the full cr- of York peppermint patties. Yeah, with that hot sun behind it, it's like it's like a it's like a woman's sweaty body as her cool lips <laughs> hit your forehead. Yes. you know what I mean. As she places an ice cube on your smoldering taint. Right, you get that mix of hot and cold on your taint. You made I don't it, know how you make love. You but. made it dirty. I was doing a kissing forehead because I was picturing an ant. Welcome back to you my... made it dirty with your host <laughs> Pat Walsh, Joe DeRose. <laughs> this is we'll see you in hell. Uh, our movie this week is the Neon Demon, as promised, as promised. And I want to give you a little heads up for next week because this is one of the rare occurrences we know what we're doing next week. We've heard you loud and clear. You want to go back to some classic horror titles. And uh, we start this week with John Carpenter's classic question mark. Christine. Yes. Stephen King's. It was very ballsy that the credits. Well, we'll talk about it next week. But it's yeah. just John Carpenter's Christine. It, all of his movies. You don't movies think Stephen King that. gets a shout out? All of those. All of his movies. Oh, I see what you mean. Save it. Save it. Yes. Save it. Another guy who does that, Nicholas Winding Refn, who directed the movie that we are going to discuss tonight. It says Nicholas Winding Refn's Neon Demon. It says Nicholas Winding Refn presents. Oh God! I All love right, it. let's and let's save this till the till the meet because I'm right. I'm gonna dig into this guy like like a like a all you can eat shrimp buffet tonight. <laughs> the, uh, so uh, you mean carefully because you don't want to get them shells or them turds. <laughs> Uh, let's get into, uh, let's get into, to your movie, uh, corner, Pat. You, what movies have you seen? <laughs> the rundown, as we call it. Or- we don't really catch up with each other anymore. It's just, there's no foreplay at all. Uh, it's just, just a raw ram. I can't remember what, at this point, what's been talked about on this show, what hasn't been. We usually talk about our week or our day. Or- How was your day? I'd like to talk to you about the, uh, the elephant in the room, or the, should I say, the dog in the room. I heard, Joe, that you purchased a second dog. Is this true? Uh, I did. Walk us through it. I adopted. Because it seems like you can't handle one. I adopted a second dog because I want a con man here to have a, a friend. Yeah. A partner. Yeah. And I had the dog for three days and I said, fuck this. And I uh, <laughs> brought him back to the no kill adoption shelter where he is safe and sound. But he was just too wired. He was too. He was too crazy. He you was should, like, you should probably not have kids, Joe. Well, that I swear to you, all I thought the whole time was, my God, what happens if you have a kid and this is your reaction? You can't take them back. You can't take them back. So I'm never leave. having kids. I made an appointment to get the snip done. <laughs> you can walk out to Tuesday. get cigarettes and never come back. 
you know, I get it now. Yeah. And oh, I'm sure. Sorry. I, I never didn't get it. <laughs> My dad used to leave for hours at a time for like rage drives. I'm, I apologize to any listeners out there whose dads went out to get the milk and never came home. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, man, do I get it. I mean, yeah. I just I, I don't I don't understand. Like, I just felt so trapped. And this is a dog I just adopted and was allowed to. They were, you know, their policy is always bring them back if it's not going to work. And I and I did. It wasn't going to work. Did it get along with Khan? Khan wasn't too hot on him. Sure. Khan kind of growled so. at him when he yeah. came near him and. I just could tell Khan kind of Khan's kind of his own man and sure we we we're going to live here together in sin right. uh and not uh you know we don't need to bring another dog into it. Yeah, I mean the lady wants a second cat and I'm just like we struck gold with this fucking cat. It's quiet, respectful. Right. It hasn't scratched anything. I was really worried about, you know, we got new furniture recently and shit. I was worried about it. Um it's just been the most chill, perfect cat. It'll sleep at the foot of the bed and not bother you. Right. You get that second one in there, it's a, it's a wild card, and you don't know what's coming in. And if they hate each other, you're really fucked. Well, that was the uh, that was the thing, man. Was uh, no, no judgment. I understand. That was the thing. Was uh, you know when I got this other dog in here and saw him bouncing off the walls, I was like, oh, I just kind of got lucky with my other dog. Yeah. I mean, because Con Man, and not even that lucky, frankly. Come on. The dog shat on the floor in in our <laughs> season premiere. Well, it was. In all fairness, it was. Oh no, it wasn't. I was going to say that's the episode we got into the fight. Deleted. No, it was prior to that. Uh, he had just come home. He was a little shaken up, but he. Uh, but you know, he'll bark when you come to the door. But once you're in, it's fine. Look at him. He sits there. He doesn't bother anybody. That's true. He doesn't even like. He doesn't like going to the dog park. He doesn't want to hang out with other dogs. He just wants to lay on the couch and chew on that thing. I mean, God bless him. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. What so that was my week more or less just more realizations about how I'll never be able to commit. Sure, uh, sure. I'll die alone in this apartment to some sort of animal eating my face. Yeah. Uh, what else happened? I uh, no bought some records. That's about it. Oh, and I'm playing Super Mario World on Super Nintendo. I bought a Super Nintendo on Super Nintendo. Okay, I think I'm a well. I was no. I played Mario Kart. I'm playing Super Mario World and it. It, it the the obscenities it is pulling out of my out sure. of, I mean it is so fucking hard. So is I, it one of those you know get the mushrooms in each world or get the stars in each world or whatever? It's it's typical Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, you go from point A to point B and you you get the mushrooms and you grow and you get the feather and you fly and the fireball flower and all that yeah. stuff. But god damn it, I'm on a stage now where there's wizards that appear. <laughs> and throw things at you, and then they disappear, and sometimes they reappear, like, right under you, and you die. It's very frustrating. I really love a Mario-style game, or, like, uh, you know, really, the, the games that aren't fighting and shooting, really, are all the games that I love. Uh-huh. But, especially since I enjoy the occasional weed, I, I can't have them in the house. I don't need another vice to lose hours to. You know what I mean? I don't play it for hours, because usually by minutes... I think I would. Minute 14, I'm in such a blind rage that I have to shut it off. So I played. They were talking this podcast about me and my old roommate, how we, for like two weeks, tried to beat Wii Mario World. You ever play Wii Mario? The side scrolling one? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's got to be the best reviewed game. I mean, it was the most fun time of my life. It's a great game. I realize how sad that is. It's a great game, and it's easy as shit. It's that's, not easy. It's child's play. No, because you have don't to, you come in here talking about Wii Mario. Get, sit down with some of that fucking shit that I got over no, there. No, we did it where we had to go back into each level and get the three hidden stars, which is nearly impossible. So 
we played, we listened to music. We played for about 12 hours a day. We were both unemployed. We barely spoke to each other, had a ball, went to bed at like 5 a.m., wake up at noon, just pick up the controllers, maybe order food here and there. And then when we finally beat it, also silently, we both stood up, turned to each other, and for maybe the first time in our roommateship, hugged. Oh, wow. And then we both like went to bed at about 4 p.m. Wow. And I, it was maybe the best t- time of my life. Oh my god! If it's I were all... to edit the highlights of it together, the music over it would be, "I've had the time of my life." Really? Yeah. It wouldn't be the boys are back in town. No, I think that's overdone. All right, fair enough. The uh, you know we're talking about these light things, dogs, Nintendo. Yeah. Real dark undercurrent under all of it, though, isn't there? There is. I mean, I I did a lot of thinking today because I rewatched the Neon Demon, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you get sat into through it. it again today. I love the film. Oh, um, boy, I can't wait. But I was it made it's a movie about, you know, aging and how everybody craves being young and and it I was really just kind of like you just get older and older and then you die. And I was kind of like the whole like youth thing is over for me. You can sort of pretend you're still in it, but you're not. No, you're absolutely not. You're not in it anymore. You know, though we uh we accept it. What can you do? You know? You just get older. That's it. <laughs> I mean, very somber it, note. There's no going back. This is this it's is the, our life. We are the gray hairs of your beard scrape against the mic. <laughs> it's uh, true. Microphone. Uh, d- all right. Well, we've caught up. <laughs> now, now I'm depressed again. Uh, I don't feel you know. I don't feel any different than I did even ten years ago. So I guess I shouldn't really complain. I have my fucking health. Well, it's you know, it's just kind of. Pat, it's 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 they they say you're only as old as you feel. That's true. You know, I mean, I've always felt like a, a cool sixty, but I, I mean, I I just mean I don't like get tired early. My joints don't ache. My back doesn't hurt. Yeah, I'm good. I've I've had the same a similar problem. I've always just felt I haven't reached my appropriate age yet. Okay. People say I feel older than I am. I I feel younger than I am because I'm still waiting to be an old angry man. Yeah. Well, that's it's coming. Yeah, and there, I mean, there are flashes of it now, certainly. Uh, can we get into your movie review or your movie roundup segment? Because I saw something today that I really want to talk about. Sure. I mean, I, again, I've been very busy and I uh, have not seen anything except I watched the Dave Chappelle at the Palladium special, which was hilarious. Heard it was great. Uh, I have not watched Sacramento yet. I'm trying to treat myself and space him out a little bit. But... um Man, it was just so funny. And the people who are upset about it, you just really got to be like, shut up. You know, he talks about some controversial things. He always has, folks. And he's a a 42-year-old African-American man talking about how he sees the world, which is the job of stand-up. Quit. Quit getting upset about everything. It's there. If you are, and I don't believe you are. It's their job to say the things we think. Yes. Because they, they see the world from a different angle. Yes. Right, Pet? Yes. Folks. You said folks like an AM uh, call-in show. Folks, that's what he's always done. Get with the program. Uh, it's just irritating. I mean, he does a, a pretty lengthy bit about how, oh, uh, boy, gays and uh, transsexuals, we're, we're throwing them the rights right out of the gate. No, right. It t- took, took, took black people a very long time. And then people are like, well, you know... Uh, don't you know that gays and transsexuals have been around much longer than this and blah, blah, blah. 
Of course he knows, gang. He's a comedian making jokes. And sometimes you exaggerate things to comedic effect. (laughs) Christ. It's all over the Twitter today. It's driving me nuts. Who was saying it on Twitter? Anybody we know? I'm not going to name names. Oh, that's a yes. I'll get it out of you later. <laughs> no, Pat you I, can get it out of me. I mean, look. Pat and I are having a few drinks right now, as usual, and then we're going to a party. So I'm going to corner you at this party, and we're going to we're gonna get down to the I'll real dirty. I'll happily tell you, and I understand people's point of view. I especially understand it if you're a homosexual man or woman, and you have issues with what Dave Chappelle discussed in that special. What I am not really going to tolerate is the white guy who's going to tell Dave Chappelle how to talk about race because it bothers what he thinks is appropriate uh, treatment of homosexuals. Was he, it? Now, now, he is neither. Was it Jamie Kilstein? It wasn't Jamie Kilstein. <laughs> I, I just, like, you don't have to, like, I don't know. It's these people who come to everyone's defense or whatever. It's like nobody asked you, and they don't sure. need you. And sure. what, it, what it comes from is decades of watching Matthew McConaughey save Samuel L. Jackson in Time to Kill or, it's you know, the that. white guy come in or Matthew it's, McConaughey in that slave movie that just happened. It's a sneakier. It's a sneakier thing than that. It's it's most of the time a guy thinking that he will get laid by looking super sensitive. You know, that's the dark truth of it. And that is Jamie Kilstein, of course. But folks, folks, they say I'm just saying, like, you know, we we're all on the same team. We should help each other out, but sometimes it's like, you know, it's not it's not your place. That's all I'm saying. It's White not your man. place. White man. And now I will tell you, I did see I saw somebody who was upset about it who was a homosexual man. That didn't bother me in the slightest. I'm like, yeah, you're living that life. You get to speak about it. Sure. You know, that's just it. Sure. But you don't like the whites. <laughs> I don't. You know what the truth is? I don't like the whites. <laughs> and when I see people online talking about, you know, uh, I hate, you know, uh, middle-aged white men or old white men or whatever, I'm like, I do too. And that's what I'm trying to fend off, you know, by the funny part still is, going to house parties at age 36. The funny part is, is the savior bleeding heart white guys are as annoying as the right wing fascist white guys i mean it's it's just there's a real problem with they're the on the guys. right side but yeah they're they're definitely equally as annoying <laughs> it's, it's it's a real it's a real thorn in the side situation with the white guys these days it is but hey what are you gonna do the uh i want to tell you about this movie i saw Pat. please Saw today on the Lifetime channel. <clears throat> now, this is a little bit of a game we're going to play here. Title of the movie, Double Mommy. Dub- Why are you watching a movie called Double Mommy? Because it was called Double Mommy. All right, who was in it? Uh, the m- only name I recognized in the entire thing was Bruce Boxleitner <laughs> of Tron fame. I can't even picture Bruce Boxleitner, but I know he was in a great deal of movies. He's the, the other guy in Tron. I never saw the bridge as Tron. I only saw the Tron leg. Tron... Uh, Emerald Lagasse. <laughs> the what? Uh, Tron... Bridges is in both Trons. No, but there's the Bridges Tron Legacy. Yeah, and then there's the original that Bridges is also in. called Tron Legacy because I, I, oh, okay. I imagine that it was starring Emerald Lagasse. Well, Bruce Boxleiter's in that. I convinced the girl I was dating that we were seeing Tron Legacy and that Emerald was the star of it. Oh, that's beautiful. It was a good little bit that I did. They're um, both in both. Uh, Boxleitner's in Neutron? 
Yeah, he's I'm the guy. The neutron dance. No, he's the guy that is like at the company board meeting that tells Jeff Bridges' oh, kid okay. to go find him. I thought Tron. I'm completely interrupting him. But I thought Tron Legacy was pretty sweet. I saw it in 3D, and uh, when I went to Mexico with my lovely fiance, went to this place called Coco Bongo. And if you ever go to Mexico, you have to go to this place. It's an Emerald Legacy restaurant, isn't yes, it? Yeah, yeah. But they go from nine o'clock till five a.m. They do these fifteen-minute shows. So the first one will be like Beatles impersonators. They're always Mexican, of course. And they'll do like a hard day's night and play like another Beatles song. But 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 it but it'll be El Hard Day's Nido, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's do that bit. Then uh, no, let's. I think we're done. <laughs> then out comes uh, like Beetlejuice, and then they do Shake 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 Sonora, and they fly through the crowd. Okay. And this is just like a, a packed nightclub. Right. And when you walk in, uh, your total is eighty dollars if you want unlimited like vodka with an XXX on the bottle, okay. like literally Everclear. When does the Emerald Lagasse impersonator come out? <laughs> or you pay a hundred dollars and get Top Shelf, which I'm sure is watered down probably. But so why? Because they're Mexicans, Pat. You racist? No, I mean I, no, I get it. You don't like the white knights, but you don't got to go in the other direction, right? No, now. I think it was watered down because we both wind up wound up violently shitting the next day. Oh, okay. for uh, for hours. Okay, so that's why I think there was some water in it. Maybe they slipped you one of those. Uh, uh... <laughs> God, this is a bad joke. You ready? Yeah. Maybe they sh- slipped you one of those new date rape drugs. They're called Dookies. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's a bad joke. I know. I'm sorry. So anyhow, good. We get drunk. I see like four of them. They do a beetle, like I said, Beetlejuice, and then they do Tron. And the Tron one, these guys are literally like flying motorcycles around the venue, like mm-hmm. through the air, flying motorcycles. Bru- trapeze artists. And folks, Brooks Bachleiter <laughs> is in this. He was That's in how this bad show it's going. Too. They offered him a free meal, and he, he went down <laughs> across the border. But uh, it was like one of the greatest shows I've ever seen, except the next day I realized that Heather was like, what about uh, that crazy Elvis one? What about that crazy Beyonce one? What about that crazy Jay-Z one? And then I was like, oh, I blacked out for almost the entirety of this event. Oh, and speaking of blacking out during an amazing event. Yeah. We buried the lead. Pat and I saw Wu-Tang Clan the other night. We did. I didn't black out at the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, I didn't black out, but I left going the next day. I was like, it's a very short show. They only played about seven songs. And then I started having jarring memories come back to me of, of, oh no, they did all these songs from the Jizz's album. They Uh, did all these Method Man songs. They had old dirty bastard son come out. I had, I had forgotten all that. They did all the Ray Kwan and Ghostface solo stuff. Yeah. It was an amazing show. It was really, really good. But uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, you you could have easily gotten high in there without smoking anything. Oh, uh, we were, yeah, we were and, pretty and high. We were also Pat and I smoking ate, things. Ate two edibles and smoked a lot of weed and drank a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Anyway, but um, I want the the closing of my story. Oh, I'm sorry that I interrupted your story to tell my story. Well, is that welcome to Hollywood? We went to uh, another island in Mexico, or not not an island, but another another city in Mexico, mm-hmm. and. We were walking out, and I was kind of bummed out that I had missed the show. And I realized as we were out walking around that there was a second Coco Bongo, and there's two locations in Mexico. Right. I said, Heather, would you hate me if we saw it again? We saw it again. This time they did a Groundhog Day (laughs) number. This time I drank much less. But if you're ever in either of these cities that I can't remember in Mexico, just Google Coco Bongo. 
because it's going to be your best night there. I had an absolute blast. Folks, go, to, go to Mexico and just Google the two most Mexican words you can think of. <laughs> if you look up Coco Bongo, you'll find it. <laughs> it's the best $100 you'll ever spend. All right. Now, I'm sitting on the couch today. I'm flipping through my Sling TV app. All right. I come across the Lifetime Network, which I don't usually come across because it's way down at the end of the dial. Yeah. Uh, but I went down I went down to No Man's usually Land. Usually if I'm coming no Man's across, Land. I'm watching uh, Cinemax After Dark movie. Yeah, that's clever. No Man's Land. Lifetime to the No Man's Land. Get it? That should be. That should have been their slogan at some it point. It should have been, right? All right. Uh, I see. Ruined a perfectly good cum joke, but all right. I see a movie is currently playing. It is called Double Mommy. Yeah. I say like double whammy, double mommy. But is that the pun? Well, all right. Now here, here's my thought. Double mommy. There's some sort of zany twin mother switcheroo thing happening. Like big business. Yes, with Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin. Yes, and I just watched Baby Boom the other day, which doesn't have any twins or any switcherooing. No, but it's still a nice heartwarming comedy about motherhood. So I say I'm in. I'm hooked on the title, Double Mommy. I hit the select button, which first brings you to a screen where it gives you a breakdown of the film. Yes. A synopsis, if you will. And it also gives you the option to start where it is or start it from the beginning. I immediately, after reading synopsis, chose start from the beginning. Double Mommy. You want to take any wild guesses what this film was about? She's a mom with a double life. She has two families. Like, not even, not even cool, let alone warm. Then tell me. She's pregnant. All right. Okay. With twins. All right. All right, here we go. We're on our way to a zany kind of affair. Right. What's the problem? Well, here's the problem. Her twins have two different fathers. Okay, I'm listening. All right. I'm listening. One's going to be Jim Belushi. One's going to be <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Harvey Firestein. I don't know. Wow. All right. <laughs> but the, you, you get where my head's going. I do. Here's the next sentence. One is the man she's in love with. The other, a product of date rape. This is the plot of the movie. It's not a comedy. So it is a it is nowhere near a comedy and it's called Double Mommy. Well, Lifetime doesn't really do comedies, but was she watch she was like walking to the store with her husband's jizz in her and then she got raped? Is that what happened? She was dating somebody and I guess got, I I it was very convoluted the plot. The friend of the boyfriend that she just broke up with was consoling her. Then he date rapes her with the with the roofie. Uh, and then, uh, and then she gets back together with a boyfriend immediately and then she has twins, but then, but then one of them is fathered by the boyfriend, but one's fa- it's an impossible, it's an insane type of a film. Yeah, so it wasn't based on a true story. I, I would guess not. I didn't. I Wouldn't didn't. both nuts have to be inside of you if for that to even be feasible, which it isn't. Pat, you're focusing on the wrong aspects of this <laughs> film. Who portrayed double mommy? Who the hell knows? Right. I don't know who it was. All right. That uh, was a juicy role. Uh, it, not with this writing. All right. Not with this writing. I'm going to look it up. Uh, it's a really, really bad. And, it, and I found out that it's an unofficial sequel to a film Lifetime did called Double Daddy. 
Now, how would that work? Double Daddy was about a guy that got two women pregnant at the same time, and then one's going to kill him. Okay. Because she's angry. This movie that is... Makes sense, at least. This movie is Double Mommy, which is two... Mo- it doesn't make sense, because Double Daddy is two mommies and double mommy is two daddies but just, here's the thing i can't believe sitting watching a lifetime movie on a saturday here's how the here's how the the guy that she says he raped me and he's the father of one of my oh, twins this is a new film yeah oh, this is brand new all right this is how he's gonna this is guy who's gonna clear his name his plan is to murder the mother wow so she can't say he's a rapist anymore okay. so he thinks that if i murder her it'll all be fine it's an insane film look i'm very interested in it now it's got about two stars on your IMDb charts. All right. So, you know. There's one to watch, folks. Double Mommy. Double Mommy. You watched this whole thing? No. I watched no. it until they would let me, wouldn't let me fast forward anymore. Okay. Because it got up to where it was playing live on TV and I couldn't fast forward anymore. Uh, but I watched enough, Pat. I, I got the gist of it. The gist of it. Oh, don't come on. All right. Look, we're 24 minutes, 25 minutes in here. Let's you want to get into our let's do it. Our, our meat of the of the podcast. Yes, we're talking about the 2016 film, much like Double Mommy. The Neon Demon, directed by Nicholas Winding Refin, written by Refin and two ladies. Uh, music by the great Cliff Martinez, which I really feel to be. A star of the film, another now, character is Cliff Martinez. Also, who he didn't do the music for Drive, though he did do the music for Drive. But he's got a stage name that he goes by. I believe well, he does the score, but I mean, uh, there were other artists that had songs in the soundtrack. But like all the synthy, I think it's just Cliff Martinez. No, no, no. There's an artist with a name that's not Cliff Martinez who has songs in Drive. It might be Cliff Martinez's sort of stage name. All right. Anyway. Give us a synopsis of the Neon Demon, if you will. Well, it's easier said than done. I mean, uh, the the basic premise is L. Fanning, Dakota Fanning's little sister, comes to Los Angeles. She's 16 years old. She has a dream of being a model. She meets up with some women who are models. They are immediately uh, jealous and catty toward her because she is so youthful and beautiful, and they are aging out of the modeling industry even though they are beautiful and probably only in their late 20s. Um, she very, I mean, it's hard to even describe what happens next. I don't want to spoil anything. And also it's it's sort of open to interpretation. Let's spoil it. We, but they, they are out. essentially yeah. uh, vampires trying to get her blood in the hopes that it will make them younger. No, I didn't. I didn't take that from it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But that's also something that's revealed. You're talking the last 15 minutes of the film or something like that. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're blood suckers. Well, they eat her. Yeah. They eat her whole at the end of the film. Yes. And then vomit her up. Yes. And the one that doesn't vomit her up gets to keep working. Correct. And the one that does vomit her up can't hack it and, and whatever. Correct. So I guess, yes, the point is, is they eat her and they'll be... Co- now, here's your linchpin. This is, this is what the whole movie is hanging on. David linchpin. Yeah, it's a Lynchian film, folks. Uh, I mean, this 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 wasn't even a David Schwimmer pin for me. <laughs> uh, the uh, but the, the whole movie is hanging on this. It's, this is what it's all building up to. This is what the whole point of the film is. And this is my problem with the film. I have many problems with the film. We'll get into all of them. But my biggest problem with the film is. 
there is absolutely nothing, nothing, I'll say it again. Oh, Jesus. Nothing that hints at that, that builds toward that, that foreshadows that in any way. It's literally like you're watching a Brett Easton Ellis movie depicting the shallowness of Hollywood. And then all of a sudden, there's a scene where they're going to eat her. And essentially because she won't fuck uh, Jenna, Jenna Malone. Malone. Jenna Malone tries to sleep with her. She has a negative reaction to it. And then they murder her. And they don't even show you them eating her. They just show you them like sort of bathing in their her, what you can assume is their blo- her blood. Yeah. Showering nakedly in her blood. Which doesn't make sense. Like how is the blood being brought into the shower because they kill her in the pool and somehow the pool drain is filtering to the shower head somehow i mean you're you're already approaching it completely wrong why and i'd also like to add you watch this on your phone correct no i watched it on my ipad which is a plenty big screen no it isn't for a movie like this yes it is this is really a movie to see in the theater or with, oh. certainly with great sound look I, I had my headphones buried in my ears it was the sound was plenty good I mean, it's just not a movie to watch on a plane. Yeah, the movie to watch on a plane is like a legal drama or something. I don't agree. I enjoy films on a plane. I mean, also, you're watching completely naked women shower in blood surrounded by people. That's an odd yeah, move. Yeah. You should have seen how the guy next to me, what he was doing. <laughs> um, Folks, yeah, he went I, to the bathroom three times, if you know what I mean. <laughs> if you go into, like, you know, Drive is a much more... Uh, narrative movie i know you hate drive it's also, also a shit it. film but yeah it's okay listen we were real nice the first couple episodes let's get into this i mean uh, drive is one of my favorite films of the past five years it's an insane man it's one of my favorite films of the past five it's years an insane i've seen it 10 times i never get bored it's of a it. glorified music video that's all it is and so is this yeah, well it's what uh we also call in uh, the film world pure cinema because uh, who, now, now, who calls it that? Well, certainly film school. My professor, Roy Zurich, <laughs> pure cinema is uh, is Hitchcock. These are the moments that don't require dialogue, which is not even really supposed to be these movies. The point the f- of the medium. I'm, I'm can I say this? I am a f- and I didn't, I didn't say that like you weren't letting me talk. I'm just saying like, sure. Can I say what I'm about to say? Of course. I am offended that you would put this man anywhere near hitchcock in a sentence let alone in in the field well i'm not putting him him up against him as though they're they're equals or something but i think he is a true auteur in that his movies sort of look and feel the same much like a john carpenter who we'll be discussing next week with christine and i'm going to compare him to him as well both musically the music in these movies and also just in the way he shoots things i think it's this movie much more than drive is really supposed to be like an art exhibit i mean it opens on like a minute shot of what just appears to be an art exhibit in a museum. Okay, you know that what? you're watching on your iPad. You know what? You want it to be a fucking art exhibit? Go hang it in the fucking Museum of Modern Art downtown in you LA. Should okay? It, and he could. But the, here's the thing: they have a film division. I I go I go down to the I go down to the Museum of Modern Art. I look at the video displays and the video exhibits and stuff. I think they're fascinating. They're crazy and they're weird and they're more visual than anything else. And I love them. 
but put it in a fucking museum. This guy wants people to go watch his goddamn movies like they're movies, and they're not. They are fucking extended music videos, and that's what bothers me. Well, silence is not an art. I mean, Drive is an action movie. Drive, Drive is. I could see. I could definitely see finding the Neon Demon boring or not satisfying on a narrative level. Drive is a fucking action movie. And Drive a very is suspenseful. One at that. Drive. Let me let me say this. Drive is an is not an action movie. Drive has action sequences. Drive. That's, that's an action movie, Joe. Okay, fine. We. Well, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, it wasn't a comedy. It had a bunch of jokes in it. We'll call it an action movie. Fine, sure. But when it comes to the writing in that film, it is piss fucking poor. And I don't care if Albert Brooks got nominated for an Oscar or not. Rightfully I'm a huge, so. huge Albert Brooks fan. I thought he did a very good job with that material. I thought he was convincing. But one of the lines in Drive literally is Albert Brooks, who's supposed to be a gangster, even though they never really show anything of, like of how he's a gangster. You just They just say he's a gangster. Fine. So is Ron Perlman. Uh, and, and, and it's proven by a scene where they're, for some reason, all in tuxedos after hours in a pizzeria dancing with women. Because, you know, that's what gangsters would do. Anyway, it was something big... different. That's this is what gangsters in the movie Drive did in, in... It, it. It's not what you expected or wanted it to be. That goes for Drive and the Neon Demon. So you hate it. No, 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 Instead no, no. of letting yourself go. I'm going to check this out instead. No, 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 no. In the scene, you didn't see a demon's face. In the so big you're mad. scene, I'm not mad about that. In the big scene in Drive, where they're supposed to finally show you their business, this is the dialogue. This is a baffling gripe with Drive. This is the dialogue. You're missing the point. You ready of for drive. the dialogue? Clearly, you ready yes. for the dialogue? Yeah. I did that for you because I wanted to take care of the business back east. That's a line in Drive. That's literally what I would have written when I was 14 years old. Well, Joe, if that's I... not the point of Drive. What's the point? That Ryan, uh, uh, that Ryan, Ryan Gosling, Gosling is beautiful and can be silent in an interesting way? Is that the point of Drive? Well, no, they removed his dialogue, which I think is very interesting. Because anything he'd be saying would be stupid. Well, And the, the gangsters, they give them very minimal, suggestive dialogue. Because they're trying to do almost a silent movie. It's terrible and they weren't trying to do a silent movie i don't buy that well it's just wall-to-wall music i think calling it a music video is is needlessly harsh every action movie to some extent is a music video neon demon even more so yeah explain to me then the silence of neon demon every character is quiet for long periods of time you're supposed to just what the fuck that whole thing with like there's a panther in a room or whatever the fuck that was like Yeah, well, I mean Drive at least holds there's nothing that happens in Drive that is like, "Oh, I don't believe this could happen." The Neon Demon is in a heightened world and the panther and shit, you're just poor, you know, supposed to uh, make what you want out of it. I think the panther, if I had to say what it represents, and this is always kind of jerking off, but it represents these predators that are going to try to fuck her and and take her soul. In Hollywood, which they will, which should be a message you relate to. I get the idea of predators. I get the idea that in the end, she is becoming the predator. Yes. Uh, and then literally she's eaten. It's just not very strong. It's very trite to me. It's very obvious. It's very it's very on the sleeve. It's it's not. It's not very smart to me. Now, the guy can shoot the fuck out of a movie. I'll give him that. The guy knows how to put a picture to music and like that, nobody else. But that, to me, is 
very important. Like that, how is that not a a top two for you in going it, to a movie? It it is important, but it's not. It doesn't. It's not all that there is. Scorsese knows how to do that. He also knows how to deliver a good script. But and interesting th- this guy characters. is doing something different. It's why, not... why can't that be okay? Like David Lynch was doing something different. It's not Let me a tell narrative you movie either. Let me tell you something. When they make a movie, when they make a, this is what pisses me off about this guy's fucking movies, okay? Uh, all right. It's because, it's because the intellectual types, right? They go, oh, he's, he's doing something different. It's brilliant. It's daring. It's this and that. If you did what this guy did, Except in another direction, it would be fucking commando. It would be like a bad Schwarzenegger or Stallone movie. It would be all flash, no substance. His films are all flash and no substance. But I think he would love that comparison to commando. God bless him. He's clearly obsessed with 80s music, movies, etc. And like to me, it follows as like horror drive. It's just a beautiful movie and it's kind of a mood thing and it kind of washes over you. And the message there. You know about SCDs is pretty obvious as well, but I missed. Explain that to me because I did miss that. I'm not being smart. What the STD message? I'm talking. And it follows. Oh, and it follows. Yeah, I mean they they take the wonderful theme and, and they run with it. But the Neon Demon and and I, I, as I said when I saw it, I would never recommend it to anyone. When the second the lights went up at the end of the movie, and it's a it's a big anticlimax of the movie. This guy behind me said to his girlfriend, "You're never picking the fucking movie again." With no humor in his voice. He sounded very angry with it. Now, doesn't that mean anything to you that you would never recommend the movie to anybody, even though you love it so much? Does that mean that I shouldn't love it? No, I'm just saying. Does that doesn't that mean anything to your understanding how somebody like me could hate it so much? Yeah, but not drive. I think that drive is a movie that like uh, like Anchorman, like Lebowski, like, you know, various other movies. Uh, I think frat guys kind of ruined. They they took it too far, and you can't see it as anything other than some meathead fantasy. But when I first saw Drive, knowing nothing about it, I went back in and saw it again right after. And I brought our buddy Pete to see it. It's his favorite movie of all time. And people love that movie. The Neon Demon people love too, but it's kind of a smaller group because it is designed really um, to be completely non rewarding to the viewer i mean there's no real payoff to it pete also thinks the national is the best band that's ever lived yeah but you know a lot of people like the national (laughs) as do i (laughs) i'm not uh, saying they're bad i'm just saying it's not the best band i mean i didn't i didn't love it when that that halloween three years back when every guy in silver lake was wearing the uh gosling jacket either but i think there's there's a reason that movie became so iconic and so beloved is that it's a fucking awesome movie I will say this. I will say this. A, I will give Drive another chance. Plate, you should. Look at that. Look, we're making progress here. Yeah. I will give Drive another chance. B, fuck the Neon Demon for all time. It doesn't matter that I watched it on my iPad. It's a piece of shit. Well, it does matter that you watched it on your it, iPad. It doesn't. It does not. It absolutely does not. To, to me, uh, that's so insulting See, as, as a film fan. I don't even mean just the why Neon is Demon. Why insulting? The uh, it, it, it is insulting that you can claim to be such a film fan, but also say, yeah, you can watch any movie on your iPad. It doesn't matter. It's a goddamn retina screen. It was a nighttime flight. It's dark. I have my headphones. Smaller it than like the TV you grew up with. It, like it's a tiny surface to watch what should be 
on a giant screen with the Listen, best possible sound. Quality. I am not. Well, sorry, Mister Warbucks. We don't <laughs> well, have that opportunity. You can go everybody. To the theater. I mean, when I, I, when I was theater. sitting in the theater, granted, pretty high. I saw. I intentionally saw it alone, and I just sat in that center seat and had the most wonderful fucking time. Just watching cool images okay. and listening to cool music. I, and that, not, to me, isn't more than enough So when 95% of what I see is absolutely terrible. Okay. so Visually pe- and from This was the same argument you made everything. about Zach and Mary need wedding dates or whatever that fucking movie is called. Zach and Mary made a... No. Make a porno. Mike and Dave one. need wedding dates. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. This is the same argument. The point was it's it. a comedy. I laughed enough for me to call it a, a successful comedy, now, but even here's, though it's not a great movie. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Sure, Pat. If I was high out of my fucking mind, I wasn't when I saw in the, you sh- Mike and Dave. No, the other one, Neon Demon. Yeah. If I was high out of my mind, I was not out of my mind. Okay. But. If I was hot, can we not split hairs? If <laughs> yeah. I was high in a sitting, theater, sitting in a dark, cool movie theater, cool yeah. meaning temperature wise, watching this thing with the sound blaring and all that stuff. Yeah, I might have liked it. You know what else? I might have liked fucking Radiohead's last three albums if I listened to them in that circumstance. But you put them on in my living room, I go, turn this the fuck off. It's boring. That's all I'm saying. All and, right. And you can't, you can't define a movie's quality by the circumstance with which you need to watch it. Yes, you it. can. It needs, to, it needs to transcend that. It doesn't need to transcend it. Certain movies, as I said, a romantic comedy, a legal thriller, these are all movies that you should watch and can watch on your iPad. An art film which I would consider this. Oh, God. Maybe you don't consider it art, but it's an art film. It would rank in the art film section of Blockbuster. Uh, oh, or Well, then that must mean it's good. No, it, I just <laughs> said it doesn't mean it's good. Or or a Blockbuster I film, mean, whatever. Blockbuster would put it in the art section. There are certain movies that you should see on a big screen, and for somebody to be a movie fan and, and not think that's true is ridiculous, frankly. Pat, it's stupid. you know how much I love Star Wars, right? Would you watch that on an iPad for the first time? Yes, that's stupid. It's not stupid. It is here's stupid. Here's the thing. But here's why it's not stupid. Because if you watch Star Wars on your iPad the first time, you would still go, that was a good movie. There were plot points. I don't know. There was a story. There was character development. This doesn't have any of that. If, I'm, if I'm on visuals. a plane and I'm watching Star Wars on my iPad, then I'm like, oh, God, somebody just came out of the bathroom and now it stinks in here. Then I'm looking up at the guy who's falling asleep on my arm. I don't then I'm do like, that. yeah, you know what? I will take a, a a coke. Thank you very much. You're paying no attention, which I is the problem with this, this generation. This is you. This isn't me. Well, I was paying attention. If you're fully engrossed on your iPad to the Neon Demon for the entire runtime, and you had great sound on this six-inch screen, then more power to you. I wasn't. I don't buy it. Out of the iPad speakers, I had my earbuds in. It, the sound earbuds was- is, is the worst sound quality in the world. Oh, for God's sake! The iPhone uh, earbud, the white ones. Yes. There's no worse sound than than those. Okay. There's it's the no only, worse. Only sound. the way I listen to. At least get a Beats by music. Dre or something. I have Beats by Dre headphones. You know what? The earbuds sound better. That's the truth. They definitely do not they sound 100%. better. They're tinny and shit. Listen, because you can't focus when a guy takes a shit doesn't mean that I can't do 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 the opposite. I, I think you're not. I mean, you can't. You can hardly focus on Logan in a movie theater. Okay. All right. Listen, Bouncing around. I focused on the Neon Demon. How Listen, much sighing was going why on? Why don't you meet me partway here? Because I'm meeting you partway. I'm going to give Drive another shot. Meet me. Half- so I'll, then I'll remove a time that I watched Drive. No, Is that meeting in the I'm middle? saying meet me partway and say you gave Dan Demon a shot. You shot. You didn't like it. 
No, I'm giving. I already said. I said you wouldn't like it before you even saw it. But can I say an act? Can I say a nice thing about this man? It's for smart people. And it's, oh God, uh, you, 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 you fucking people. Drive and, and Dan Damon are for smart people. Whatever heritage you are, I, I mean, mean <laughs> whatever heritage you are, you fucking people. The uh, this is, and you know what? I loved Only God Forgives. I didn't see it, which everyone hates, and that's that's kind of the action of Drive mixed with the art filmness of the Neon Demon. I would it's like to give an accolade to the director. Nicholas Winding Refugee. Bronson. Great movie. One of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Okay. One of his early films. I loved it. I wish Bronson visually spectacular. It was. Wonderfully acted. It was. Beautifully framed. Everything looked like a painting. But there was a story. There were words. I don't need it. Oh, God. And I don't All need right. it with Lynch either, because I, when I watched the this Neon, this was not Lynch. Ne- he is. It was. It was lesser Lynch, but it was Lynch. Because when I go to a David Lynch less. movie, I go, I'm going to be in a dream for two hours and see amazing shit and listen to amazing music. And when I went to the Neon Demon, that's exactly what I did. And I felt like I was watching a dream. I didn't. It didn't always make sense to me. I didn't give a shit. But you got to listen sh- to what you're saying. Certain movies, you got to shut listen that part of your brain what off. You're saying right now, films do not have to be. They listen don't have to, to make perfect saying. sense. You're to you. saying it didn't make sense to me, but I didn't care. Therefore, that's it was exactly good. right. Movies that's- don't have to make sense to me, and they shouldn't have to make sense to you. Uh, look, you should open your mind a little bit. My mind is open. Look at those shelves. Joe, your I, mind is the, one of the least open minds of I've, all time. I've got a hell of a. I've got a hell of a collection over there. My mind is open. I watch a lot of different stuff. What I'm yes. saying is, is I do not like a movie. And I said it about... And I'm saying I do like a movie. Fine. But I also said it about the Argento, uh, uh, Suspiria, and Inferno films. I said, are they terrible? No. But it's a lot of visuals at the, at the, at the expense of logic, and I don't like it that much. Okay. I mean, I think to, to, to sort of prove that he likes having fun with people and kind of fucking with people... A, you can watch that documentary about him and his wife on Netflix that I love, because he seems like a really fascinating and kind of funny dude who's extremely insecure um winding ref and i'm talking about but he's remaking maniac cop he's remaking it this is a guy who likes schlock he all right i mean when i heard that i was like that is perfect to me he's the guy remaking it he's remaking maniac cop listen now i will say this yes you know my love for Maniac Cop 1 and 2. I know yours. We did one live uh, in uh, Littleton, Colorado, home of the there. Columbine shootings. I will be there on opening night. I can't wait to see it. I think that he is an extremely exciting visual director. And if and when, because Lynch only did it a handful of times, straight story Elephant Man. If and when Refian decides that he wants to make like a uh, a really you know traditional narrative film... Because he could get the Blade Runner franchise or something like that easily if he wanted it. I think that that will be extremely exciting and a great mix of art and commerce. In that meantime, if he wants to fuck around and this is the result, couldn't be happier. All right. Fair enough. That's for me. Fair enough. Pat Walsh, everybody. He likes colors and (laughs) flashy I do. Honestly, I, I I like neon. I love I love Enter the Void. And I, and I like Dean. You ever see Enter the Void? Into the Void? Enter the Void. No, what's, who's that? That's a movie that almost nobody has seen and everybody should do it. It's about five years old. It's uh, completely nuts. It's a Gaspar Noe movie. But uh, there's a lot of sex in it and everything else. But it's all very like neon. There's lots of like extremely long takes. 
at one point he fucks her and it's done from the point of view of the dick like a camera attached to an actual dick it's one of the wildest things you've ever seen they basically take acid and you're on this journey with them throughout the night in japan tokyo i believe check it out but that's a movie too where you got to be like i'm gonna have an evening here i'm not gonna be following a plot to me that's great to joe that's bothersome and that's what makes this country great that's homework for me and everybody else. I will check out this film you're talking about, but I am also going to, for extra credit, rewatch Drive, and I will. We will return to this. Please discussion. do. I think I think you'll appreciate Drive. I mean, the first 25 minutes is one of the best action sequences. I in, enjoyed in the first years. 25 minutes. The um, loved it. All right, Patty. Uh, Let's wrap it up. You can follow me at uh, Joe DeRosa Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. And please, folks, do me a favor. I got all these shitty reviews from these trolls. Go and go and give me give me some five star reviews on the albums. All right, go go to the albums on iTunes and Amazon stand up albums. Give me some nice reviews. Other than that, uh, that's all I got right now, folks. And thank I, I, you for everything, by the way. You hate me for everything? No, I said thank you for everything. The people. Oh yes, the fans. Uh, I thought that Joe was closing his time by saying, Pat, I hate you why for everything. Why did I do that? I, I didn't know. That's why I, <laughs> I, I acted so uh, so scared. Um, folks, I'm at the Patrick Walsh on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, again, we love the comments. Um, we're taking them into consideration. Obviously, we're doing some, uh, some older movies now. Uh, I mean, really, what's so great about the comments is that somebody would be like, when are you guys going to do a new movie? And then the next comment will be, when are you guys going to do an old movie? Right. Uh, you know, everybody likes different things. So we're trying to, to reach everybody. Next week is Christine, John Carpenter's, and Stephen King's Christine. Folks, thank you very much. Uh, this has been a HeadGum podcast. We'll see you next week. That was a HeadGum podcast. <laughs>